<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Did you ever see anything about Seska that made you suspicious? The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, February 15, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 756 of the Biden-Harris administration, 629 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska. Lots of videos of me saying things about the podcast on Instagram. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Spoutable, Bob Seska. Patreon, bobseskashow.com. Many of you know that I've been talking about the rental crisis in America for at least a year now, including my and Kimberly's adventures with our landlord. So I thought I'd bring in an expert to talk with us about why rents are so damn high and what we can do about it. Sounds like the title of the book. John Lucky from Rent.com joined me today, coinciding with the site's January 2023 report, showing both good news and not so good news about the rental market. We also talked about what we can do if we're facing high rents and even higher rent increases. And if you're a renter or even a homeowner, you're going to want to stick around for this one. Link in the description to read the report. You could also find out where rents are actually decreasing. Meantime, please help support this show by subscribing to our Patreon at bobseskashow.com. Okay, this is me talking with John Leckie from Rent.com about rent. Not the Broadway show, the actual thing you pay to live in a place. More fun. The Bob Seska Show. Hey, how you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate that. In fact, this is perfect timing because this is something I've been talking about for a year now. Uh, some of the punitive rent hikes and so on. So I'm I'm incredibly glad that we've connected here. In fact, about a year ago. I got socked with a 25% rent increase. I mean, fortunately, I was able to forestall that hike due to a COVID emergency uh, piece of legislation here in my county and a law where I live that prevents landlords from raising rents twice in one year. But there are many renters who are getting screwed by these kinds of rates. Uh, What do you recommend in terms of universal solutions to the kinds of rent hikes, especially that they're seeing in Florida. Uh, Certainly we're seeing them here in the DC area. What can renters do to push back against this? Well, I mean, you know, renters can always negotiate, right? Um, It's, I wouldn't, it's never quite a a renter's market in in that kind of way, but it's definitely, they have more leverage, I think now 
um, than they did before, um, and certainly more than they had about six months ago. Um, so always negotiate, but you know, make sure you show up and you, you've done your homework. Yeah. You know, you know what uh, what rents are going for for similar apartments in your area. You know, look at square similar square footage, similar kind of amenities, um, things like this. But more importantly, I think look back at um, you know the yearly changes um, from before the pandemic. Um, and try to get increases more in line with, with with those ranges, which should be somewhere between you know two and four um, yeah. percent, rather than something like the like the twenty five percent. These extreme changes we've seen over the last few years. The January report at rent.com shows a monster increase in median lease rates between February 2021 and around August 2022, which is what I definitely experienced. I mean, I was right at the peak of that wave. This was all about the increase in housing values, right? Yeah, a lot of it was about increases in housing values. So, you know, the uh, rent, rental prices tend to follow the, the mortgage market. So as, as the mortgage market goes up, rental prices go up. Um, and a lot of that's, um, you know, obviously housing is just more expensive in general. Um, so people feel like they can charge more. Um, but it also puts a lot more uh a lot more it keeps renters in the rental market and, and creates more more renters um, as housing gets more expensive. And some some examples of that is you know first time home buyers um, that have you know been renters all their lives that have been working and saving to buy a new home. Um, now those that home is out of reach for them. Yeah. Um, they have to continue to save, and while they save, they they remain renters. Um, other people will will sell their homes to take advantage of high prices, um, and to take best advantage of those high prices, they also need to hold off on buying, um, and so those those people also become renters. So uh, you, you really put a lot of upper pressure on rents uh, when the housing prices take off. Please explain, because I'm failing to grasp this, John. How do rising house values cause? rent increases, especially with corporate apartment complexes like the one I live in, that don't necessarily deal with selling and buying homes. For example, if I own a home and I'm uh, paying $2,000 a month on my mortgage, but I'm renting it for $2,500 a month and the value of the house goes up, why would that drive an increase in the rent I'm charging my tenants? I'm, I'm failing to see the relationship between increasing house values and the rise in, in rent rates? Well, it's the fact that, that people, fewer people can afford to buy. And so when fewer people can afford to buy, that creates more renters. So you have more people competing for fewer spaces. Um, and that's what we saw. We saw vacancy rates just drop through, you know, through the floor um, as, as, the, as the housing prices went up. Yeah. And so there's just a big squeeze on the the, the the number of available units, um, and, and there's a big increase in the number of people who are looking for those units. I see. So it's just a supply and demand sort of thing. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The new report shows a significant slowing in the rate of increase, which is obviously good news. Is this a, a correction in the market, or do you see prices returning to something that's more manageable? Well, I think this is what's what's been interesting is people keep talking about oh, prices are, are starting to, to moderate, they're starting to come down, um, and and in one way that's true. You know, our, what we saw was a four point seven seven percent yearly increase um, in, in in December, and that was the smallest yearly change we've seen since July of twenty twenty one, about seventeen months ago. It's the fourth consecutive month of single digit increases. It's getting more in line with with sort of traditional. Um, uh, increases that we see, uh, you know, in, in normal times, you know, in month to month too, you know, rent, rents were down about 1.41%. Um, and that makes three out of the last four months that 
month rents were down on a monthly basis. Um, but I think it, it, it's not necessarily a correction. It's just we've reached a, a, a new floor um, from which rent prices can grow rather than um, a, like a ceiling from which they, they will come down. And okay. so what, what I mean by that is we've you know, you are sort of in the middle of this this great increase in rental prices, right? Yeah, and so yeah. it was really between, um, you know, to what, 20, 2020 and 2021, that prices really took off. You know, if you look at the, the yearly change between those two years, it was, it was about 14.5%, right? And so, uh, but now we're getting to a point where we are comparing um, rent prices now to prices that had already gone through that big change. Yeah. Right. So they've they've bumped up in value. So when you look at sort of the, the two year change in, in rent prices, um, you know, rents in December of twenty twenty were at were at sixteen forty nine. Um and and so and then let's see, in December twenty twenty two they were uh nineteen seventy eight. So we're looking at just about a three hundred and thirty dollar difference. Mm-hmm. Right. When you break that down to a to a percentage level, that's that's twenty percent over two years. Right. So it's not just it's not that the rent growth has slowed and is coming down, um, but it's that we've reached a, a, a new higher level of rent prices, um, and and that's the new base from which these these yearly increases are being measured. I see. It seems like a rent increase of you know in the range of twenty five percent, like I experienced, and then I know a, a lot of other uh, areas in the nation also experienced this. In fact, I had a meeting with some of my listeners. Uh, the other night, and that was generally the consensus. Yes, we're facing rent increases, 20%, 22%. I don't see the wisdom in pricing your customer base out of the marketplace with a rent increase that's that high. I mean, I can certainly understand maybe as much as 4% year-over-year increase. That kind of makes sense. During COVID, it was more like a 0.5% increase year over year because of some of the COVID restrictions, which I also want to ask you about. But I don't understand what drives that kind of punitive jump in, in rents. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I don't think they're concerned about re- retaining tenants. Um, they're mm-hmm. concerned about, you know, raising raising rents and, and you know, making them, their, their properties as profitable as po- possible. Because, yeah. um, you know, a lot of what we see too is, you know, as people, as the rents um, rise up, you know, as, as the rents climb, pe- people leave. You know, we do, we do a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, research into like migration trends. Yeah. And so you have a lot of people um, leaving, um, you know, big metropolitan areas in the Northeast and in the West Coast for places in the in the Midwest and the South. Um, and that just ride, drives up rental prices in, in those mm-hmm. areas. And we look at sort of, you know, where people are coming from and going to, um, you know, when they're when you take a, a, a you know, a sort of a, maybe a second tier city, something like in Atlanta, you know, you're getting people coming from, from Los Angeles and Chicago and New York. Um, and then that's pushing out people in, into, you know, more regional areas. Um, they're going to, you know, Augusta, Georgia. They're going to Savannah. Um, they're going to places in, in northern Florida. Um, and so I think they're they're not so concerned with, uh, you, you know, with, with retaining tenants, particularly when they see that they can get, you know, uh, you know, a 25 percent increase from from somebody new coming in um, and that they're, they're willing to to take the risk and, and attract new tenants from elsewhere that they know, know are coming in. Um, rather than keeping the people that, that they already had. 
Can we define this as a form of gentrification? Is that kind of the same principle that we see in uh, gentrified uh, urban areas where uh, sort of, quote-unquote, regular people are driven out by the uh, astronomical rates that are now being implemented? Yeah, I think it's very similar to that. It's, you know, uh, it's maybe areas that were a little less desirable before have become more desirable because of their cheaper rents and their proximity to, you know, other amenities that people are are after. Um, Yeah, and that pushes the people who out who are already there to, you know, further out from the cities or or to other areas of the country um, that they they may not have considered before. Uh, one of the fascinating things that I ran into uh, in my county, I'm in Montgomery County, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C., and they fortunately had passed a law that uh, landlords can only raise rent once per year. And that kind of rescued me because when I signed my lease renewal, uh, it was the COVID emergency period of time. So the rent increase was only about, I forget, it was 2%, something like that. And then once the COVID emergency ended, they went and tried to bump it up to 25%. And that's when I said, well, there's this law <laughs> where you can't raise rents twice in one year. And that was my so to speak, get out of jail free card. <laughs> I kind of was able to sidestep that bump. Um, what can people do as far as lobbying their, say, county level politicians to? Is that a tough haul? Uh, let's say, say for example, you're in a county that's more or less controlled by su- supply side Republicans. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm throwing that, I'm not trying to be overtly political with this, but I'm just saying, that if you're boxed in like that with maybe politicians who don't necessarily uh, love the idea of rent controls, what do you do to lobby for legislation that would prevent some of these punitive rent hikes that would at least put some kind of controls on prices? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's, um, I mean, I think it's definitely an uphill battle. I mean, I think it's always an uphill battle when you have sort of, you know, uh, uh, the rental class going up against the ownership class. Yeah. You know, that's that's a difficult uh, thing to do. And, you know, I, again, I don't think it's it, it's necessarily even a political thing. I just think it's a, an American issue. Yeah. Um, and but but I think in terms of what they can do, I you know, I think it's it, it's the, it's the same story as anything. I think you, you gotta, you gotta get people together in your community. You gotta, you gotta show up to, uh, you know, to the community meetings, you gotta make your case heard. You gotta get your, get your story out there, you know, certainly in the local media, get people to, to know about it. Um, and, and show it, show people how it's affecting real people. Um, not just, uh, you know, uh, not just the story that, that the landlords are putting out there, um, and, and, and come up with solutions, I think is, is also yeah. the other idea, you know, show, say, well, what else can we do? Um, let, let's show the problem and show how we can fix it. Um, and, you know, it makes a little collective action. And I think, uh, that that's probably the, the, the maybe the only way for them. You mentioned earlier about negotiating with your landlord uh, if you see an increase that will kind of price you out of your own home. Let's say you go in there, John, and you're facing a rent increase just hypothetically of, you know, 20 percent, somewhere in that range. And that's just way outside your budget. What are the first, like, say, one or two things that you present to your landlord in a negotiation 
that would maybe in a, be an effective way to chalk them off of that <laughs> that rate of increase. Like, wh- what exactly would your plan be going into that situation? Particularly if it's a place I've been, and and I think that's that's where you're going to have the most leverage, right? They know you. They've they've, they've worked with you before. Yeah. You know, landlords are going to be much more willing to work with people they know. You know, show them that you've been a good tenant, right? To be like, look, you know, I've paid my rent every month on time. Uh, You know, you've never had to come and ask me for my rent. Uh, You never, you know, there's no complaints from my neighbors. Uh, You know, you know, I'm a good member of this community. Um, That's the first place I think you start from, Um, and then I think you know you you play a little empathy for them. You know, you say, Mm -hmm. look, I understand things are getting more expensive for you. You know, it's costing you more to maintain buildings. You know, materials are more expensive, labor is more expensive. Um, so, so I know I'm going to have to pay a little bit more, um, but you know, can we meet somewhere in the middle? Can can we get these increases more in line with sort of traditional increases? Um, and, and and that would be my starting point from for, for talking to the landlords. Okay, the Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new episodes of the Bob Suska Show. Every time there's a brand new show. You're going to get an automatic alert on your phone, notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, plus notifications for the Friday after party and the Shadow Docket shows, too. You can listen at home or in the car with just a couple of swipes, and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Then download the Patreon app from the App Store onto your phone, and you're all set. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! All-time favorites all day long! Do you find that landlords are, let's say, closer to uh, car salesmen insofar as they're willing to budge and and they're willing to participate in a negotiation and even at least meet you halfway on something. Are they more like that by and large? And of course, we're speaking in generalities here. Or are landlords much more difficult to negotiate with something closer to, you know, well, what you see is what you get. This is the price and I'm I'm not budging off of this. In your experience, uh, where do landlords generally uh, end up? I think it sort of depends on the the, the size of your 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 apartment complex or, mm-hmm. or, or, or who owns it, right? Is it owned? Yeah. Is it owned by 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 uh, 
you know, a family? Is it owned by a group of a small group of people in your community that, that you know? Like, are you paying your rent directly to the person who owns your building, or um, is your building owned by a big corporate entity that controls, you know, you know, hundreds of units, thousands of units across your region, across the nation? I see. Um, I think in the, in the first in the first case, I think they'd be much more willing to work with you. Um, I think a lot of those people are, you know, uh, you know, are dealing with you know rising mortgage rates too, and are just trying to to. Uh, to, to make sure their mortgage gets paid and they're not necessarily in it for, for, for the profit. Um, and, and, and so it's particular, if you know them, they're going to be, I think a little more willing to work with you. I think if you go um, to the other end with the big corporate landlords, um, it's going to be much more difficult um, to, to negotiate with those people because they have, you know, their, their representatives and their managers dealing directly with the tenants. Um, and then they're only, they are implementing the policy set by sort of, you know, the, the corporate, uh, the corporate central office, um, and and that's where you're, you're going to run into uh, well, what you see is what you get. Here in Maryland, John, we have a uh, a hotline. That's uh, in fact, you dial three one one. That's the if you happen to be in Maryland, three one one is the the number you want to dial. And they actually offer advocacy when it comes to these kinds of situations. How prevalent is something like that, where you've got tenant? advocacy that's built into the governmental infrastructure of a county or a state. Is that something that is common or is Maryland and Montgomery County sort of an outlier? You know, I've, I've mostly lived in, in, in bigger cities. Yeah. Um, I've lived in sort of Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York City. Um, I, I, that's, I've seen that uh, a lot in, in, in those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you when you get more into, you know, areas in the south and sort of more uh, urban and rural county, I think it's, it's probably a little bit less. But I, I imagine there are still, um, you know, some, some community um, groups out there that, that um, even if they're not affiliated with the government, um, they've done a lot of this research. They, they, they know this this uh, this domain very well, and, and are there to help you and, and want to help you. You know, a lot of people, ha- you know, have this this feeling that that housing is not just uh, it's it's not a it's not a want, it's a need, mm-hmm. um, and as such should should be a right for people. And I think there are a lot of groups out there that that you know affiliated with with the local government are not are are, are there and 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 willing and able to help. Um, did COVID restrictions on lease rates cause a backlash or an overcorrection to make up for the caps on rent? I kind of compare this, John, to uh, when you hold a beach ball under the water and you hold it down and it's underwater, even though it's filled with air, and then you let the beach ball go and it goes and it rises right to the surface, pops out of the water. And that's kind of uh, one of my theories in terms of uh, explaining some of these gigantic rent increases. Is that a thing or is, uh, is it really more linked to the house values and not necessarily COVID? I think there's, there's, uh, I think it's mostly linked to the house values. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a little bit of that, um, depending on, on the landlords who you, who you talk to, um, you know, cause landlord, they did take a little bit of a hit in, in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, they weren't, you know, if they, they couldn't collect rents, you know, they weren't able to evict people who weren't paying their rents. Mm-hmm. Prices did drop. Um, during the pandemic, but they only dropped by by you know two or three percent. Um, they, they, you know, we've we've certainly made up for um, for that drop since. And I think a lot of that's driven by by the housing market. You know, and I think it's other issues. Um, you know, labor costs, particularly on on, on the, the the lower end, um, have gone up, and those those are those are often the people that the landlords employ to you know to take care of the. You know the, the landscaping and to to staff the offices and, yeah. and to take care of the maintenance around. Um, you know, building materials have gone up. 
um, you know, you know, we all know lumber was going was going crazy there for a little while. That's that's certainly something that's going to to play into this. Um, but you know, I think as as we move into to twenty twenty three, I think there, there will, we will see some more um, supply come online, um, and and that should that should certainly help out some some of us. Outstanding. And does inflation have a a place in all of this? You mentioned lumber prices and so on. Is that something that's also driving the increase? Yeah, I think it's a little chicken and the egg with inflation because yeah. uh, you know housing is part of the inflation calculation, um, and so the, the fact that housing is going up is going to push up the inflation number in general. But I, I do think um, uh, inflation in other areas, you know, such as construction and, and labor, um, is certainly having an effect on on how much people are are deciding to charge for um, for rents. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things I. Uh been thinking about in terms of inflation and uh, how it may relate to COVID is that a lot of Americans received checks from the government during COVID. Meantime, the unemployment rate is at a record low. Is there any indication that maybe landlords are exploiting uh, some of the better economic indicators with higher rents to say, well, okay, people have got a little bit more money. Let's just yoink. Let's just take that. Let's take a little bit of that because obviously they can afford it if they're getting a check from the government or they can afford it because unemployment is so low. In other words, um, Americans having a little more money on hand. So let's grab that. Is that a thing or am I just overthinking it? I mean, I don't think it's that direct, um, but I think there, there is a sense that, you know, uh, you know, when people have more money, they're, they're, I mean, this is just what kind of drives inflation in general, right? People have more money and they're more willing to, to spend that money on and spend more money uh, on, on things that they would have paid less for before. Um, and I think it's also, you know, like I said, we, there was a, we saw a lot of migration away from sort of bigger cities to, to second tier cities and then creeping down into, to, you know, sort of the suburbs around those second tier cities. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, if you come from a place like New York or Los Angeles uh, and you come to, a, to a, a city, you know, in the south of the Midwest, that is, you know, that is traditionally, you know, a thousand dollars a month cheaper than what you're used to paying. Um, it, it's not going to feel as as big of an increase. To, you're, you're still going to feel like you're getting a deal if you're paying, you know, 13, 14 percent on top of what rents were uh, in that in that community um, compared to to the city you were coming from. Now, I'm looking at the year over year state increases in the report and OK, Florida, I get. increase year over year as of uh, last month. New York, 20.1% increase. That all I also get. We're talking about uh, states that tend to be wealthier, generally speaking. But then I see South Dakota, 17.9%. Arkansas, 17.5%. What's driving those increases in uh, states like South Dakota, Arkansas, Mississippi, 13.2%? What's your theory as far as that goes? I think what we're seeing is uh, a lot of inbound migration to these places. Okay. Um, so we're seeing you know people moving away from places like uh, in the northeast and 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 then the west um, and favoring places in the midwest and the south. Um, and as they do that, that just again creates more demand in those areas, and and people are coming from more expensive places, um, and all of that's going to put upper pressure on rents. And you know all of these places are except for the ones you mentioned of Florida, New York, and then sort of Utah in the bottom are in, are in the Midwest and the South. Um, and that, I, I think it's, uh, you know, high prices in, in you know, these, these big coastal cities that are sort of driving people to move um, to, 
to, to areas where they can, you know, especially now with, with remote work, you don't have to be right, you know, right where your office might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that frees people up to sort of go to different areas um, and, and, and seek out lower rents where they can. Gotcha. Now, conversely, uh, we've got year-over-year state decreases in rent. Idaho leading the way, uh, minus 5.4%. Nevada, minus 2.7%. What's causing those rent decreases in those particular states? Arizona, Oregon, Virginia, Maryland even, uh, which, (laughs) frankly, I'm not seeing it in Maryland, but okay. Uh, What's driving the decrease? Well, I think you know, when you go to a place like Maryland, it's it's one percent. You know, that's that's really kind of um, that's sort of I probably within the margin of error. Yeah, kind um, of st- statistically, the, yeah, it's not yeah. really a thing. Yeah. When you, yeah, when, but when you look at sort of like the Idaho's, Nevadas, the Arizonas, um, those Mountain West states, um, those were we saw those take off very quickly, very early in the pandemic. Mm. And one pattern we've noticed is that the the faster you the place took off the sooner it sort of it started to level out yeah. um and and so i think those i think those states are sort of a little bit ahead of, of, of everyone else in terms of um what the patterns are going to be as we move through the pandemic mm-hmm. um and so i think that's where we're seeing sort of those those bigger decreases now as those rents went so high so quickly um and have now started to started to level off you know there's also some seasonalities to some of this um, where, you know, I think we're moving back to these trends. We, we got away from them during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, in general, rents will will fall in, in the, 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 the wintertime and the colder months and, yeah. and, um, and, and then rise back up again in the spring and summer. Um, so there's some of that. But I think in terms of, of Idaho, Nevada and Arizona, that's sort of those are your the, I think those are your bellwether states in terms of what what is if you want to know what's coming ahead. Look, look, look to those states. As a side note, would you recommend signing leases uh, in the fall or winter as opposed to the spring or summer? Is that something you would recommend? Yeah, if you can. I mean, that's yeah. definitely it's a great it's a great way to save a little bit of money. Is just a lot fewer people looking. Yeah. You know, people tend to focus on the holidays and their families, um, and, or if they have children, they don't want to interrupt the um, interrupt the school year. Mm. You know, then the summertime it's, it's sort of the opposite of that. Plus, you have. Um, you know, uh, a lot of college graduates now entering the workforce, yeah. um, moving to different places. Um, so yeah, if you if you if you can swing it in the in the in the, in the fall and winter, um, that's that's definitely a good good strategy for saving a little bit of money. I mean, generally speaking, does it make sense to let's say you're being priced out of the market as far as rent goes in Florida or New York? Is that a reasonable metric to use to make a, a big move like that, or are you just walking into another situation where? may look good now, but then it kind of falls apart later with uh, more rent increases. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed. But would you recommend that people sort of evaluate uh, where to move, where to migrate to based on where the biggest decreases are? I think it's a reasonable metric. Um, I think there are other things to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you got like, I think this is why people are, are want to stay within sort of their, their, their metropolitan areas a lot is, you know, they want to maintain not only, you know, ties to their job, but the ties to their, you know, their friends and family. Um, you know, I mean, if you're single, you got to think about sort of, uh, you know, well, what, what type of people live in these places and am, am I limiting the pool of people that I can, you know, potentially, um, 
you know, find a partner with, um, you know, do, do I enjoy, uh, living in, in a city and, and all of the, all, all of the amenities and attractions that, that brings, or, or do I want to live in a smaller town, um, that's maybe a little sleepier, um, that maybe, you know, doesn't have the, the entertainment and food options that, that, that the city would have, but maybe it, it maybe it provides, you know, more natural options that you would, that you would want. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable metric to use just, just based on price. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I do think there are other, uh, other aspects to consider. Just a, one last question for you, John, and this is kind of a more general strategic question when you first are, you know, house hunting, rental hunting, and you're applying for, you know, a rental, so you're really in love with this place, and but they've got this uh, application fee that runs here, at least according to this report, anywhere between $35 and $100. Is that something that should raise a red flag as a renter, are there scammers that we should be aware of when it comes to application fees, or is is it generally something that's on the level, or there maybe are laws regulating that sort of thing? I think so. The lower end of that range yeah. um, is probably just them trying to cover their costs, right? It's going to cost them some money to to, to run these reports to to do the background checks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the, the hundred dollars to me feels a little like, like yeah, they're 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 making you know fifty bucks there. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's, know if it's a red flag, but it's uh, it, it would be a a mark against in, in my in my thinking if you charge me a hundred dollars for an application fee. Yeah. Um, you, you charge me thirty five. I think I understand. Um, you charge me a hundred. I'm you know uh, you know unless I really love the place. You know, it's right. uh, it, it would be a you know mark in the negative category. Would you advise a longer term lease or a shorter term lease? Let's say, you know, shorter term being a year, longer term being, say, three years. Uh, And of course, we'll just eliminate the idea that, you know, you're going to get fired or something like that and lose your job and have to. uh, So you're entering into a lease. Is it beneficial to sign that three year lease and lock down uh, a rate for that period of time, or do you recommend just going with a, a shorter term lease just for the uh, convenience of it? You know, I think in, in general, I would recommend a longer term lease. I think you can get, um, you know, better, uh, maybe a little bit better of a better rate. You certainly lock it in mm-hmm. uh, for longer. Um, you know, sometimes they bump it up a little bit because they know you're going to be sustained for a little bit longer. But um, in the long term, you 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 are likely to to save some money. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh, signing a longer term lease is, is definitely a good strategy for. Uh, for saving a little bit of money as well. Is there anything that indicates that maybe landlords are moving away from longer-term leases, or is it still uh, a pretty much standard thing across the board? I think it's pretty standard. I think they like, you know, they want their units to be full. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that anything they can do to to guarantee that that unit's going to be going to be taken, um, I think they'll they're very very willing to to negotiate on that that point. Well, this has been uh, amazing, John. Uh, I think we've answered a ton of questions here. Uh, Extraordinarily helpful for, I I think, our listeners who uh, are facing a lot of the same problems I've faced and and a lot of other Americans are facing as far as uh, rents going up and and how to handle that uh, conundrum when you're faced with something like a 25% uh, bump in what you have to pay every month. I posted a link to the uh, rent.com report in the description under this episode. Meantime, how can people follow your work, John? 
um, you, you know, if you go to the, the report, that's that's the biggest thing that I do. Um, you can also find us um, in more general uh, research on rents that sort of builds off these reports and analyzes these reports at uh, it's just rent.com slash research. Um, and and that, that should have everything, uh, everything that we're doing anyway. Outstanding. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Bob. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Pain is covered over all those years now. Just another color. You still see them. The memories as selective as they come. And I don't want to fall down. This rabbit hole you found. Buried beneath that yellow house. Going nowhere fast. Yeah, the past is the past. If you stare too long, you stare right there. Hard in the shadow. Better days you never could let go of. Nobody sees them the same way that you do. We all moved on. You couldn't, could you? You couldn't, could you? Could you? And I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole you found. Buried beneath that yellow house. Going nowhere fast. Yeah, the past is the past. Stay too long, stairs right back Going through withdrawals Craving what's inside those walls Wind the clocks so you can have it all Going through withdrawals That big house makes you feel small Just like you, I wish I had it all Wish I had it all Wish I had it all And I don't want to fall down This driving hole you found Buried beneath that yellow house Going nowhere fast Yeah, the past is the past If you stare too long, the stairs are right back Stay too long, stairs right back. Stairs right back. Hear that? That's the sound of change being cooked up in our schools. Each day, school food professionals throughout California are working to make better meals for our kids, one tray at a time. These meal planning, sauce stirring, taste bud training professionals are making food for students from kindergarten to high school using fresher ingredients and flavors kids love. The secret ingredient to better school food in California? The dedicated professionals who are improving it every day. Learn more about how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.